one. I'm Evan Feigenbaum, Vice President for Studies at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. I'm Oriana Schuyler-Mastro, a Center Fellow at the Freeman Spogli Institute for International Studies at Stanford University and a non-resident senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. It's great to talk to you today, Evan, and I wanted to have the chance to ask you a question in particular about a piece that you wrote on the first day of the Russian invasion, the first day of the war in Ukraine. I think you argued then that China was most likely to lean towards Russia in this whole conflict. And I was just curious, a couple weeks later, do you still think that that's what China's strategy is? And you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I wrote that piece on February 24th, so thanks for reading it. And to be honest, I think it's played out pretty much the way I said it would. What I argued on day one of the war was that the Chinese had the problem of reconciling fundamentally irreconcilable interests. Their desire for a partnership with Russia, their desire not to be collateral damage in the US and European sanctions, and these longstanding principles of sovereignty and territorial integrity. And since they couldn't have all of those things, my thought was that they were going to have to pick and choose under the glare of international scrutiny. And what I expected them to do is basically to lean toward Moscow while junking the principles and then trying to comply with as much of the sanctions as they could in their commercial interests. I think that's pretty much how it's played out. They're carrying a lot of freight for Moscow. And it's worth asking why that's the case. And I think there's an interest piece of it, and then there's a principal piece of it. The interest piece of it is just as the United States increasingly processes a lot of things through the prism of China, my own view is that the government of China increasingly processes a lot of the way it views the world through the prism of its competition and increasingly adversarial relationship with the United States. And so they're preserving this strategic partnership with Moscow for reasons that have a lot to do with the way they see the longer term threat environment. But then there's the principal piece. And we ignore that at our peril. You know, we often say that the sovereignty, territorial integrity, these are the only principles China has. But they have another set of principles that flow from their immediate security environment, which is that they've been opposed to alliances, which they view as Cold War relics going back really to the 1990s in Bosnia when the United States and its partners uh, basically in ran the UN Security Council, where they could wield the veto and relied on the NATO alliance. And ever since then, they've viewed alliances as something that is fundamentally unprincipled in their worldview. And I think they're making that kind of Indo-Pacific European link. And that's why they're leaning so hard on this idea that NATO expansion is somehow the culprit of this thing. You know, the other dimension of this is this military partnership that they've been developing in some ways with Russia over the years. And I know you've written on that and thought a lot about it. Jake Sullivan keeps implying that the United States is worried they're going to sell weapons to the Russians. Do you worry about that? What's what's the nature of that partnership? So this is the thing that Russia-China military relationship is extremely deep, but the scope of their cooperation is very narrow. So what I mean by this is, you know, so I've done this now two-year study in which I've looked at every aspect of the weapons that Russia has sold to China, as well as, you know, the main things that everyone looks at, joint exercises, economic connectivity, diplomatic statements. But I've tried to break it down more into what is actually operationally relevant. So, for example, it's great that Xi Jinping, you know, not great for us, but great for them that she and Putin have met you know, over 30 times a typically high level of meetings between two leaders, but that doesn't tell us how well coordinated they are in warfare. So I look at things like 
you know, do they have joint command structures? Do they have embeds and liaisons? You know, are they taking it to the more operational level? And in my research, what I have come to conclude is that Russia has been very active in its support of China challenging the United States and Asia. If you look at where military exercises are held, what types of tactics are they practicing? What types of weapons, you know, Russia is selling to China, et cetera, et cetera. It's all Russia supporting China. And there are no situations under which the support goes the other way. And China has been very clear that yes, they are more than happy to work together with the Russians on challenging US hegemony in Asia, but they don't really wanna be a part of what Russia is trying to do in Europe. And so when they make statements like, you know, there is no limit to this friendship, et cetera, et cetera, then in track, you know, twos, track 1.5s with the Chinese, when I ask them about these statements, they'll clarify, oh, of course, there's no limit to how much Russia can help us, right? But they don't mean how much they can help Russia. And so I don't think that the Chinese and under any circumstances, you know, would be deploying troops or selling, you know, weapons to the Russians. Now, there might be some alliance gray zone situations happening, you know, in which the Chinese can have a great deal of deniability, but then still check the box and helping Russia in certain ways and not taking a strong stance against the war is one of those, right? They haven't clearly come out and said, Russia, you were wrong to do this because they're, you know, hedging and, and trying to um, go against the US alliance structure. But in general, just because, you know, we don't see the Chinese doing that for Russia doesn't mean that Russia is not going to do it for China if we have a conflict in Asia. So I'm much more concerned about Russia serving as the strategic rear to China in a Taiwan contingency than I'm concerned about China right now in Ukraine. No, that makes sense. Well, they're clearly going to learn a lot from this. The Chinese are studying the sanctions toolkit. And it yeah. sounds like you think they're going to study the the military. the military one as well. Yep. It's a low cost way of learning, unfortunately. Well, it was great talking to you, Evan. You too. Thanks, Rihanna.